This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. I've been getting option paralysis. I've been like, mm-hmm. I, you know, there's so many things that I could be doing. How do I pick the one? This is Gina. She's smart. She's talented. She is full of whimsical and fun ideas. Maybe too many ideas. I know I've been there, you know, who hasn't suffered from option paralysis. Gina moved to New York City to book punk bands for a venue. But it didn't take long for her to realize she didn't love staying up late, which is when punk rock concerts happen. So she ended up falling into a finance job, and that's where she's been for years. The finance industry is kind of the polar opposite of punk rock and whimsy and fun. But luckily, Gina has a side gig. She runs something called Renaissance Person. Now, don't think Renaissance fairs with pan flutes and giant turkey legs. Think of the term Renaissance man, you know, someone who knows how to do a lot of things and now degender that term and then make it a live event series. And that's Renaissance Person. Yes. And when you attend a Renaissance Person event, you may learn some skills like these. How to extract DNA from a strawberry, how to fold a fitted sheet, and how to open a beer bottle with a dollar bill. We've uh, beatboxed with the world champion. We learned how to make pinatas over tequila tasting. I had a woman who is a contractor, a home improvement contractor, teach everyone how to use power tools. And then I had a man who was on Project Runway come in and teach everyone how to mend clothes. I think Renaissance person is genius. I can't think of anyone who wouldn't want to learn at least one of those things, especially here in New York. Oh, totally. I feel like these kinds of classes are all the rage. You know, my husband Brad and I have been to donut making class. He's done tree identification classes. My husband Dean and I have done dance classes. I mean, all of this should equal a successful business. But right now, Gina's struggling with growing this side gig so that eventually... It can be her full-time job. Yeah, she is stuck because she doesn't know which direction to take her business in. It's a good thing. We know a few things about scaling up a side gig. Oh, for sure. And I think we have some ideas for how to help Gina out. I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jolenta Greenberg. In each episode of this show, we will distill our extensive knowledge of self-help into one key idea. It's not about identifying what's wrong with someone and then swooping in to fix it. It's more about reframing your situation so you can see yourself in a new light. You are enough. With that in mind, we'll help a listener tackle a predicament in their life. With a prescription of self-love steps, we get to eavesdrop as they follow our advice for two weeks. Or don't follow our advice. Either way, it's great because we're not doctors. We're not experts. Oh, we're definitely not gurus. Our guests are allowed to have opinions and question us all along the way because we just want to help. And we love when they do. At the end of the day, we're not trying to get them to give up who they are for us. We just want to help them get reacquainted with the fabulous person we all see because we love you. And so can you. Okay, so back to Gina. 
our Renaissance person who is feeling the pressure of what she called option paralysis. Hi, my name is Gina Colajoya. I'm the founder of Renaissance Person, um, which is an event series that's been going on for three years. But this is my side job, and I'm trying to figure out if this is something I can parlay into an actual career. It's interesting that she says if here. Mm. You know, it can be really hard to let go of the comforts of a full-time job, benefits, a steady paycheck. I know I've struggled with that kind of uncertainty. Oh, totally. Like, insurance alone is enough for someone to just stay at a job they hate. And that's something that's been weighing on Gina, too. So right now, I'm not in a place where I would be able to leave a full-time job financially. Yeah, that is a tough one. So there are some practical concerns here, but it also kind of sounds like there are some underlying emotional things that Gina is working through, too. I want to hear what her partner Mike said in his nomination tape about her. I'm Mike. I am uh, Gina's partner. We've been dating since the beginning of 2016, and I've got to have a lot of fun with Gina and her curiosity for the world. And that's one of the things I love the most about her is how she sees the world and is excited by so many things. But I think she's looking for a little bit more direction and intentionality, specifically a Renaissance person, but just maybe with life in general, too. And so that's why I'm nominating Gina for We Love You. Uh, It sounds like with Renaissance person, Gina has created the perfect job for herself. You know, it's like her heart and her soul distilled into a literal event series. Yes. I love it. I just want her to quit her job right now so she can focus on Renaissance person. I know, right? But I think you're getting ahead of yourself, Kristen. You know, we kind of need her to, like, live by our prescription, maybe listen to our advice first oh, yeah, that's before the point jumping of, into the deep end. Yeah, yeah. That's why we have this show. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and before we can put all that together, though, we needed to get to know Gina and Mike a little better. We met them at their beautiful apartment building and settled in on their rooftop lounge overlooking a big green park in Brooklyn. Sounds okay. good? Thanks, all right. Um, Excellent. All right. Amazing. So, um... We're so excited to talk to you guys. Seriously. We really are. And we found a comfy spot with couches, set up all the mics, and then we learned about how Gina started Renaissance Person. So I've been working for an investment bank for the last eight years doing client relations. Um, and about three years ago, I was at brunch with a friend and he, I said, wouldn't it be cool if there was just like a place you could go and learn how to do all these like cool, interesting skills. And at the time we were talking about like knife throwing and beatboxing <laughs> and like changing oil. And um, and he goes, yeah, I was thinking maybe something like that and call it Renaissance Man. And I was like, do you want to call it Renaissance Person? Because <laughs> I already own the domain name <laughs> because I was considering making it a blog. Um, so we had our first event in May of 2016. And I'm reaching a point where I feel like I need to scale up I actually have a lot of free time during the day, but don't tell my boss that. He doesn't listen to podcasts, so it's okay. (laughs) Um, And I am just trying to figure out how to grow this in a way that um, it also doesn't trigger my um, panic every time I step out of my comfort zone. So question here, what is your panic zone about? Is it about not having a consistent income? Um, Is it about... uh, not having a regular schedule? What, what is the panic related to? So yeah, there are two issues. There's the, like the emotional, which is like, I'm afraid that if I really put my head down and run full speed at this, that I'm going to be like, oh, and it's not that good. 
um, even though everything so far has shown that people are really excited about this. So like I have the proof that this is a good thing. I have, I have the proof that this is getting popular and that people like it. Um, I like it. I love doing it. I love planning it. I love orchestrating it. But for some reason, I get stuck when I think about growing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been like a very common conversation in this house right now. Like what what's actually the sticking point that's holding me back? So you said there are two things that are holding you back. One of them is this emotional sense of, am I ready for this? Can I do this? Uh, am I good enough to do this? And so on. What is the second issue? How do you do it? How do you make it? How do you make it bigger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. How, um, no. You know, and I see. Or like, all what does making it? What does scaling it even mean to you? Sure. Like, and I see all of these people doing these community building things, um, where like they have memberships or they, um, you know, they they do blog, they monetize their blogs, they have all of these different channels of things that they're working on, and I'm like, okay, I'm one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel. Like, I have all these ideas and I don't know how to organize them in a cohesive way. You're very entrepreneurial. This seems like something you love. Why do you then think that you have stayed so long in these finance jobs? Money. Yeah. Just for the money. Yeah, I have. I still have student loans. I've been in this industry forever and it feels like I should have made so much money. But um, just between, like, living my life and, you know, um, bad decisions of my 20s, of which there are so many... I um, just, it's hard to give it up. Mike, how do you see Gina as like, when when you describe Gina as a business person or an entrepreneur, or when you see her as the creator of her business, any of these things, how how, how do you think of her? How do you describe Someone her? Someone was like, what's she about? Yes. It's funny. I would never have used the labels business person or entrepreneur oh, as a okay. title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That just says something. Sure. I wouldn't say that Gina's like not entrepreneurial though. Right. Like, and always trying to start something up. But those have these connotations about like, I'm in it for the profit, right? Like I'm in it because mm-hmm. I want to make a career out of this. And like, it's the curiosity. It's the like, I want to be doing and trying and experiencing new things. That's the sense that I get. It's what's motivating Gina. This, I'm like such a biased person in this though. Like when I see Gina like doing a Renaissance person and hosting it, like I am so charmed by her. Like it's mm-hmm. one of the things that I like am most in love with of Gina is when <laughs> she's being that like enthusiastic person who's building a community and getting people excited about stuff. Um, so it's like, it's not like a separate Gina. It's like Mm -hmm. this core element of who Gina is that like, is why I love her. Mm. So, um, yeah. So I know. So (laughs) you would say Renaissance person is sort of like the culmination of like, like all of her like lifetime of work and personality. Like when you see her doing this work, are you like, this is her like at her peak like at her most herself and it like is incredible. And and it's 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 interesting. It's when she's in these like moments with people and community in the events. It's like not the like Gina who's like I don't know how to respond to this email right now or it's like oh shit I didn't do anything on Renaissance person or like oh my god there's not enough ticket sales. Like there's all of that like that the anxiousness, that nervousness. That's real. And I love mm-hmm. that too. Like that's part of who Gina is and like I'm there to to help and support and do what I can in that. Um, it's ways on Gina to have mm. to go through that anxiety about like, 
there wasn't enough ticket sales and I'm going to panic that there's only going to be four people at tonight's event and I'm going to look really stupid, you know? And, and that's just like a lot of psychic weight on both of us to know that yeah. there's a, it feels like a lot riding on, on these, on these events. So Mike, you might want Gina to be, um, in the lead up to the event, a little <laughs> bit more of the person she is at the event. Sure. Sure. That's a great way mm, yeah. to say it. Well, That's a great totally. way to say it. For sure. Yeah. Which you want her to be who she is fully all the time, of course, but and not you just like don't want hold her to be herself so, back. Yeah, but like, you just don't want her to be so hard on herself. Also, right. It's mm -hmm. that because I don't want to say like Gina having anxiety is not being Gina fully. Like right. that's a part of a person and too. And I can't say like part of what drives don't her. Don't ever have anxiety. Like that's <laughs> yeah. absurd. And also, that's impossible to ask. Yeah. <laughs> so like I don't want to be like just be fun and bubbly and a manic pixie dream girl all the time. Like that's <laughs> stupid. If only. <laughs> right. <laughs> on the other hand, I feel like my self esteem is like really high compared to a lot of other people yes, so like for sure in general nice. I, for sure. i'm like really into myself i'm proud of yes, a lot of I'm, i love this. yeah i'm proud of a lot of my that's traits. true you're not I, like i love hosting i love bringing people into my home i'm proud of this life i've built and these things i've made and even like working in finance even though it's not for me like i'm proud of the work i've done there that's why this feels so weird mm -hmm. that like okay. i keep getting stuck on this one thing because i have the tools that everyone says you should have to be able to overcome these roadblocks. And I still get like, oh, yeah. let's just blow it up. I mean, it's, the more it matters to you, the harder, the harder it is to, sure. to get me. It's like, yeah, I can do that. I can thrive at this day job. I don't give a shit about, but when it's something I really care about and it like can't fail. Sure. And it's mind. your name yeah. on it and yeah. it's your invention. Yeah. Totally, it's like, totally. it's much more. This conversation with Gina and Mike really, really stuck with me. As we were riding the elevator down from the rooftop in her building, I was thinking about how much of her is so wrapped up in this event series, her oh, identity, yes. you know? Yes, I totally agree. She cares so much about it, but she's afraid to admit it and take the plunge. I've definitely felt that way about some of my side projects because it can feel like if the project fails, I'm also a failure. Yeah. And I think another big part of Gina's story and, I, and what might be getting in her way is how she was raised. So I grew up with two parents. My mom uh, read tarot cards at the kitchen table, and we just had people coming and going from our house all the time. And my dad would pack up an RV and just drive to a Home Depot parking lot, and he would, you know, just serve hot dogs out of a little cookery that he created. And... Um, I would see them go off every day and they were so proud that they like didn't have jobs where they had to answer to anybody. So in a sense, she's paved this way for herself that's so much more financially stable than the way she grew up. But there's a part of her that wants to live more like her parents did, to be her own boss. It's almost like I didn't even realize that other people had jobs that they loved and that they could, like, go experience all of these things through their career. Gina told us that while she's not ready to take the plunge and quit her day job right now, she's thinking it could happen in three years or so. So now is the perfect time to start laying that groundwork for taking the plunge. 
Yeah. And I think it's so smart to be thinking ahead. I suddenly became self-employed last year when mm-hmm. I was laid off from my full-time job. And that shift was really sudden and disorienting because I wasn't prepared for it at all. I know. This was an incredibly difficult time for you, Kristen. Mm -hmm. It was a transition you were not prepared for. It was a huge transition. You went from being a social butterfly to, like, alone, working by yourself, going (laughs) stir-crazy. But luckily, you have a very supportive partner, Dean. And Gina's in the same boat as you. While while this transition might be jarring and difficult, she has Mike by her side. You know, he seems to really be on her team, just the way Dean was for you. Yes, yes. And we were all getting a little teary-eyed when he started talking about how amazing Gina is. I definitely had to hide a few sniffles. Oh, for sure. But let's let's move forward. I think we have everything we need, so... Let's give Gina a call and dictate our prescription. Yes, let's do it. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Gina, we are so excited to be talking with you again because, ta-da, Jolenta and I have come up with your prescription. Okay, great. All right. So, for week one, are you ready? (laughs) I am so ready. Okay, step one is... What does good mean to you? We want to ease that anxiety around making sure all your events are perfect. For this step, you're going to come up with five bullet points of your criteria for a good event and keep it handy as a reference and maybe even use it to craft a mission statement. Okay, great. All right. Step two, weigh your options. The big goal here is to turn Renaissance person into a full-time job. So it's time to start organizing and planning. We want you to make a list of all the things you want to do to grow this event series and make sure you prioritize the list. Number one is the thing you're most interested in. How's that sound? Terrifying, but I'm into (laughs) it. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay, great, great, great. All right. Step three is a a gentle one. Less terrifying, I think. It's get some advice. Talk to someone who's been where you are. Leaving a comfortable corporate job for a side gig. Ask about how they did it and what advice they have for you moving forward. Yeah, that's a great idea. Awesome. So, Gina, those are your three steps for week one. And reminder, you can reach out to us at any time if you have questions or need help. We are here for you. Okay. So, that was where we left Gina to start her first week of living by our prescription. What are you thinking, Kristen? Well, I could have guessed, based on her tone there, that step two, weighing your options, was going to be the tricky one. I think that making that decision about what she wants most in this next phase, it's going to be huge. Yeah, and it's not going to be easy to get there. I'm really, really glad we talked to Gina now at this point in her journey because I really think we can help her set up a path to success. Wow, we'll find out how helpful Gina finds our steps (laughs) right after this break. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. We are back, and it's time to take a listen to Gina's audio diaries from week one. So first up is step one. Gina sat down with Mike to talk it out before writing out her list of things that make a good event in her mind. Okay, that's a bad thing. I'm but, only seeing negatives okay, right, right now. Right. But you start, okay, maybe we should keep unpacking the first three things. Okay. Right, those are positives. Right. Well attended. Yes. Write, those, write these down. Well attended. Yep. Engaged it, audience. Interesting guests. And interesting guests. So I think we can talk about a good event and a good RP at, like, what makes RP good? And maybe those are like, and we, I don't know if we need to segue there yet, but I think that's an interesting thing. Right. To, because I think you should be forgiving of yourself for having the occasional event that is lower attendance, maybe because you still didn't realize, like, oh, November before Thanksgiving is just going to be a crappy week. Sure. Right? And you just don't know. Yes. I love how Mike is being that supportive guide that Gina needs. I feel like often uh, my partner does this for me, in fact. It's hard when you're, like, creative and your mind's racing and you have ideas, but you're also paralyzed. It's nice to have, like, a clear, trustworthy voice of reason. Yes. It sounds like they were making progress towards the end there, too. You know, focusing on positive, not the negative. I like where she's going. And now... Let's see where she actually ended up with her five bullet points. Okay, here's what a good event looks like to me. Well attended, that would bring energy into the room. It would make it easy for people to interact um, with other fun, curious people in a casual environment. And with a lot of people there, I'll be able to break even or make money while still keeping things affordable because I just don't want to count out anyone who doesn't have like a serious high paying job. I really want people to feel like they're in on something special. And I think that means two different things uh, to me. For the presenters, I want them to feel appreciated for their mastery and also have the opportunity to promote themselves while making a little money. And for attendees, I want them to feel like they're going to access and learn how to do something practical from an expert in a field. Um, and I want them to really feel delight and joy throughout. Um, and in turn, ideally, that would make it more Instagrammable. So I want to start adding elements that are exciting and fun for people so that way they can't help but share what they're doing there. Nice! That's an amazing list and also allows for some flexibility. The other thing I love about this list is that it also plays into the more practical parts of growing her business, too, like getting the word out on social media. Yes, it's very important. Okay, so after that, she got to step two, weighing her options. And this is the one that Gina was terrified about. Yeah. So I've been trying to do step two all week, and I keep getting stuck. Um, I wrote out a big list of all the directions that I think RP could go in in the future. And um, I now that I have the list, I just I feel paralyzed by it. It's just that, like, 
I don't really know how to weigh these and I don't know how to gauge the impact that each would have um, to help the project grow. Also, I've been thinking that this is kind of how my life has gone. Like I have fallen into one thing or another because someone's been like, hey, you should do that or come work for me. And I've sort of just gone that route my entire life. And I need to make a decision. Okay. I get that Gina feels a little paralyzed by her choices here. I mean, we don't design these steps to be easy. But I also want to note that Gina's being a little hard on herself here. She may not feel like she's made any decisions, but in some way, she decided to accept the jobs she was offered, and she's been really successful. Yeah, following that path has worked very well for her. Yeah, and despite that stuck feeling she had, Gina kept working through that big list she made of things to grow her business. I um, decided that instead of just locking up, I was going to try to sort them in a useful way. So um, I'm starting with the things that uh, I could do immediately. Um, So I feel like the first one is partner with brands where we have field trips to their location, and then they teach us a skill that's related to their product. Such a good idea. I love this because it's less work for her. The partner brand will be doing some or all of the heavy lifting of teaching and actually hosting, and Gina can focus on finding the right audience. And the rest of her list is equally smart, including the idea she put down as a lower priority at the end. Open an event space with a retail component in the front, which I keep calling a hobby shop, but that's years away. And for me to start thinking about that right now, it's just going to get in the way of the things that I need to grow right this instant. So Gina may have felt like she wasn't prioritizing, but she totally just did it. She figured out what was doable now and what was still on the horizon. To me, this already feels like a huge step forward, but the week isn't even over yet. And for step three, I actually gave Gina a little help. I brought her to meet with Cambry Cruz, who runs a theater and event space in Queens called QED, and they have similar backgrounds. About five years ago-ish, Cambry quit her day job that was very corporate and successful to make QED a reality. So I thought they might have a few things to talk about. Want to listen in on their convo? Oh, yeah. What were some of the issues that you um, that made you want to run? I, you know, was super excited. I signed the lease, got the keys. How exciting! And I sobbed harder that night than I had, and not out of joy, out sure. of abject terror. Yeah. Um, I because I'd been so poor and had such a hard childhood. It brought up some strange, deep-seated emotions of like the, the of just the fear of losing everything and having it ripped out from under me. And I got a piece of advice from a woman theater owner. Um, I had told her about how I was not sleeping. I was sleeping maybe two hours a night, three hours a night. And that sleep was very restless and fraught with uh, nightmares and when does that fear go away? And she goes, oh, it doesn't. <laughs> and it, it won't. It will never go away. Welcome to your new world. Are you more comfortable asking for favors or for help now? Oh, God, yes, okay. yes. I think something that ties into my, like, weird tumultuous childhood that I'm, like, mm-hmm. still apparently just working through 35 years later is I – um People are always like, oh, let me know if you need any help. I would love to help you. And I'm always like, then what do I have to do for you? Like, what, you know, and that's something that 
I don't know if it's a real reaction. It is because I have that. Yeah. Having had the same type of childhood. Yeah, for sure. Asking for help. I didn't even know how to ask for help. Yeah. With QED, it's just the tremendous amount of work and pressure that I have no choice but to ask for help and for favors. And that said... QED is a great place. People want to support it. So mm-hmm. I don't feel like they're doing anything as, like a charity case here. Sure. But the nature of this business is it requires you to, yeah. to lean on people. Whoa, what a conversation. It's so interesting to hear Cambry being so frank about the difficulties of it all. I think in the world of self-improvement, sometimes, you know, folks gloss over the hard parts. Yeah, they don't want to acknowledge the struggle or things that could be perceived as negativity. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it is scary. And I hope that hearing about, like, oh, yeah, the stress and sleepless nights never end doesn't, you know, deter Gina or change her mind. I hope not either. Well, let's get Gina on the line to find out what she's thinking about that conversation and about how week one went for her. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey. Yay. There we go. You have completed week one, and we're so excited to talk with you about that. How do you think it went? Um, I think that it was way, uh, it went totally different than I thought it would. Um, I really felt like my hold up this entire time was thinking that I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing business wise. And then one day I just had this epiphany and I was like, it's fear. But I kept telling myself, like, I'm not afraid to put myself out there. I do it all the time. I'm friendly. I talk to people. But every time it was time to make a decision. I was so paralyzed by the idea that I was making the wrong decision that I would just stop doing what I was doing. Wow. Mm, That's intense. So it also changed the way that I am going to structure things. You know, I kept being like, well, what if I put out, you know, just one more event a month? And now I'm like, I'm just going to go for it and do three or four a month for the next six months. And if I don't like it, forget it, you know, then I can Mm. make a decision. But I have to stop cutting myself off before I even try something. Ah, that's such a fucking awesome realization. And how did you then deal with that? Once you had that realization, then what did you do? So at one point, I said to Mike in the morning, I said, um, you know, I'm so worried about this other event that I'm having this month and that it won't sell. And he said, you just have to stop worrying and do one thing different. Try Mm. one thing. So I went on this like neighborhood app and I posted about an event and I had tons of people reach out. And I Um, was like, I have to interrupt. My partner, Brad, is on that app and was like, "Uh, I saw this thing about kayaking in the Gowanus. And I was like, did Gina post that? (laughs) I did. And he's like, yes. How do you know that? And I was like, we're working with her right now. Very interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, instead, you know, maybe it won't work, but why aren't I taking these tiny actionable steps that might make a huge impact? And I ended up selling out that event the next day. Uh, Hello. Nice. Gina, we are so proud of how far you've gotten already. You're trying new things, you've shifted your perspective, and you're selling out events. That is huge. But we aren't done yet. It's time to talk about your week two prescription. Ready for it? Yeah. We're going to start off with step four. This is get moving. And for this step, you're actually going to take steps to 
do what you decided to prioritize last week. Do some research, figure out the logistics, reach out to some potential partners, and lay the groundwork to make your list of ideas into real, tangible parts of your business. Good, good. That's something that uh, I've been talking a lot about lately. Great. So you're already thinking about these things, and we just want you to um, narrow it down a little bit more because we know you can't do everything. Right. Are you guys sure I can't do everything? <laughs> I mean, you can't do it all at once. That's for okay, sure. Okay. You know, if every if everything you want to do is trying to get into the door at once, there's going to be a traffic jam. So you have to figure sure, out, like, sure. who to let through first or when, you know? Totally. Uh, okay. So up next, step five, practice bragging. You've got a lot going for you and for Renaissance person. But to grow your business, you've got to grow your audience. And that's only going to happen if you tell people about it. So get out and do it. Okay. So how are you feeling now that things are, that you've wrapped up your week one now that we're going to uh, go forward into week two? Actually, really good. I... I actually don't think I have any reservations about moving forward and, like, trying some stuff out. Nice. Um, But, you know, they always say, like, you'll ask 40 people. You know, 39 will say no and one will say yes. And, Mm -hmm. like, I I feel like I have to brace myself for that because I have a lot of outreach to do to businesses and stuff um, in the next week to see who might want to work with us. Um, So I'm, like... I am a little braced for an ego hit, Um, (laughs) but I also feel like maybe it's just the fear talking again, you know? Right. We aren't here to solve all of your problems for the next five (laughs) years, but, you know, all all we really care about is that you're giving yourself the space to do what you want to do and to face those things you're scared of facing. That's all that matters to us. Sure. All right. Well, we're so excited that things are going well for you, and we're, we're just pumped to hear from you in about a week to hear how things are going then. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll be in touch. Thank awesome. you. Yay. Yay. Thanks, Bye. Gina. Bye-bye. All right, Kristen. I am very pumped to see what happens in Gina's week, too. Yeah, she says she doesn't have any reservations about the steps. And that's pretty incredible. Yeah, I don't want to be pessimistic, but uh, she might be lying to herself and to us. Because I know when I say things like that and I'm like, yeah, I don't have any reservations about anything. Like, usually right after that is when I start freaking out and realize (laughs) I've been living a lie. And uh, I'm wondering if these steps aren't going to be as simple as she thinks. Well, we'll hear all about that after our little break here. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back with Gina and her second week of living by our We Love You prescription. And I don't want to say I told you so. Yes, you do. But I fucking told you so. (laughs) Uh, Gina got stuck on step five, bragging. And she recorded an audio diary to explain her stuckness. So number five is how to brag. And I actually feel like I'm pretty good at this for lay people, Um, just like people that I meet at parties and stuff like that. Um, Renaissance person is usually a pretty fun topic. And I'm really proud of how we've grown already. And um, but because the future of Renaissance person is probably in partnering, I do feel a little stuck on how to create a pitch for that. So I just emailed Kristen and I'm hoping that she's willing to talk to me for 15 or 20 minutes this week so that um, either she can explain her experience to me with this or um, maybe I can pretend to pitch her or actually pitch her as uh, you know, a preemptive celebrated author because she has a book coming out in August and maybe there's a collaboration there. Okay, okay, that is kind of an evil genius ploy there. I see you, Gina. Kristen, did you two guys talk? Oh, of course we did. We did. I called up Gina and tried to give her my best bragging advice. Here's a little snippet of our conversation. You know, I feel like, I mean, I keep getting, like, emotional and deep about this whole thing, but I feel like so much of where I was getting stuck and the reason that I wrote to you guys in the first place is that you know, I was, I had this narrative where I was like, this is my hobby and this is, um, you know, something I do for fun and it doesn't matter if it works out or not so that I wouldn't get hurt if something went wrong. I feel like I just kept telling myself, oh, it's not that important. This is a hobby. This is just a fun thing. Yeah. So once I reframed it as a business, it made it a little bit easier to build this like value proposition for people. Um, That being said, I feel like there are probably still some things I could add. So I'm curious, if I were pitching you, are there specific things that you would want to know? Well, I think that the main thing you want to do is not sound like a salesperson, but you're giving them something that will make their lives better and Mm -hmm. to make that message clear. And we already know you're making people's lives better. You're making them happier. You're introducing them to wacky new skills, other interesting people. You're giving them something quirky they can talk about at a party later. Um, You're enhancing people's lives in so many ways. And I think that so much of this brag is really about what you give to people. So I wouldn't be afraid to play that up. Um, something that I normally would not tell people if I met them at a party or something, which is where I really felt like I was excelling with the bragging in the first place, was um, our numbers, like the actual quantifiable, yes. like, yeah. Yes. So, oh, I was, I was going to tell you this because when you first reached out to me and said, I may need to practice bragging and help you with it, the first thing I thought is like, we need to talk about quantifiables and you should just show off those numbers. Nice, Kristen. That is some solid advice. And may I just say that advice comes from a 
hardcore hustler. Why, thank you. And not only did I give her some pep talks and some enthusiasm, but I also gave her very constructive, nitty-gritty details about what I usually put in my pitch letters and even sent her examples. Nice. In the end, I think Gina's better at bragging than she realizes. It's just that she needed to reframe this step so that it wasn't all about bragging. It was about PR and marketing. It's a business task. Yeah, and that turns it from something that I feel like to Gina must feel incredibly personal. You know, she's bragging about this thing that represents her whole identity. But, like, instead, it turns it into something a little more objective. And it's a business, and there are stats and data, you know? And it just sounds like she needed a little nudge to have more confidence in what she's selling. And remember that even though she identifies with it so hard, it is, it's a business. It's marketing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I really hope this reframing helps. And I think it's about time to give Gina a call and find out how the rest of her week went. Oh, yes, please. Hello? Gina? Hi. Hey. Oh, I see you. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to hear all the stuff you've been up to. Yeah, so we can hardly wait to hear about how it's been going for you. Okay. Um, Yeah, so a little bit of a change. So uh, the last conversation that I had with you guys was uh, with Kristen when she helped me craft a pitch letter. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was so amped up and I was working full speed ahead. I had sent out something like 40 or 50 emails the day before just to like, um, venues that I was interested in working with or former guests that I was hoping would come back, uh, mm-hmm. which we typically don't do. But now that we're expanding, why not? And um, I was really excited. And then I woke up the next day and I was burned out. Oh. Um, it turns out that I don't think, um, you know, the the negative self-talk started creeping back in. That I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. Initially, I, I was always so hard on myself when those days hit. Mm. And then um, I was talking to Mike and he was like, okay, well, if they're going to hit, what you have to do is create processes where Renaissance person is just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that's what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to make just a, a basic list, you know, so it, it might be like add three things to the queue for social media yes. or, you know, something like that and like have like maybe five options. And then as long as I do two of them, I'm totally mm-hmm. fine. Yes. You have a way to sort of kickstart yourself in gear, which I think is hard when you're trying to make something you're super passionate about work because you forget, like, yeah, I'm super passionate about this all the time. But also there are days that work fucking sucks and just Mm -hmm. takes it out of you, you know, even if it's what you're incredibly passionate about. Yeah. I mean, I know for me that there are just some days where I'm wiped out, but there are little busy work items I know I can do instead that are not mm-hmm. part of the big picture. Right. Here's a very small thing I can do. I can tweet for um, a little while about this. I can clean out my inbox. Yeah, I can, giving yourself like actionable things so you feel accomplished as opposed to overwhelmed. Yeah, even if they're just very tiny things. Yes. Right. So I feel like I should have a bare minimum that I feel happy accomplishing where if I just hit the bare minimum of those, you know, three or four things, it's a good day. Yeah. Yes. Which I think is what you guys were trying to tell me in the beginning, but I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Like it takes I time. I was like, okay, some good content, a good project, a good day was like a success, like a huge, like, you know, explosions in the sky, amazing experience. But sometimes a good day is just like you made it through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Totally. Yeah. So I, I think that 
of all the things that we've talked about, that's the thing that's going to hopefully stick with me the most is that like a bare minimum is often a good day. And like your, your good day might be someone else's great day. So just because I'm so hard on myself, it's not, it doesn't mean that I'm not accomplishing things. Mm -hmm. The issue is that I have to keep telling myself that. Right. It's that you're not seeing what you're accomplishing. Right. Totally. And I also, you know, I feel like I, I keep trying to see the forest instead of the trees Mm -hmm. when I really should be doing it the other way, you know? So like I've had so many revelations over these two weeks where there are things that I probably should have been able to figure out on my own, except I haven't given myself the, the room to take a step back and be like, oh, here's what's going on. Here's what, you know. Sometimes the big picture is too overwhelming and you can't actually do anything then. It's true. Yeah, it's, it's, it's paralyzing. Yes. So, oh, so you totally hit it out of the ballpark then with that step. The get mm-hmm. moving step, it sounds totally. like not only did you kill it on that step, you put a twist on it and reinvented it for yourself that, in a way that's even more effective than anything Jolent and I could have yeah, planned for 100%. you. Yeah, 100%. That's great. Yeah. In hearing you talk about your work, from the beginning of this to right now, I feel like you're able to talk about it a bit more objectively. And like, although you know it reflects on you and you're very passionate about it, I feel like you're sort of sort of starting to separate like you and the work. It sounds to me like you're gaining some perspective. Yeah, I feel like typically when things go wrong, I would be like, burn it down, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. And I feel like now I keep being like, well, hold on. Was this going to help me get toward where I wanted to go? You know, like take a step back. So yeah, instead of just being like, this isn't working, I keep going back and being like, well, would this have helped me anyway? Like how important is this actually? Mm -hmm. Is it putting me toward the, you know, the five bullet points of what I want from each event? Um, That's so smart. Yeah. I have to brag about the one other thing that I did that I think is going to make my life immensely easier, which is that I hired my friend Kelsey to read my emails. Oh. So now she goes through my inbox and goes, uh, hey, Gina, you said you would get back to this person on Wednesday. Do you want me to set a reminder in your calendar? Oh, Oh, my gosh. That's so smart. I was going to say you clearly respond well to accountability. Yes. Wow. Which is something we're learning doing this. And you've already set up accountability for yourself. That's so smart. Wow. You're so so smart. yeah, so now I have an accountability coach. And then it's funny because she's reading all the emails. Every once in a while, she'll be like, oh, shoot, you should talk to so-and-so. Um, oh, nice. So I'm even getting a little extra help yeah. there, too, more than I'm, I was looking for. But yeah, I definitely respond very well to accountability. Mm. That's so exciting. What's amazing yeah. after all of this, I mean, hearing you talk about this, it sounds as if you did two giant things. One, Huge, yeah. you changed your mindset, which... You were so hard on yourself the yes. first time we sat down and talked with you. And now it sounds that you're you're being a little more gentle with yourself. You have more clarity of mind. And then it also sounds as if you've taken some real innovative actions yeah, for yourself. Yeah, like in like what, two weeks, you like now have an employee for your startup <laughs> event company? Like what? Yes. Hello? Yeah. This is amazing. Look at how much you get done. Like yes. girl, <laughs> this is insane. Good yes. insane. So, I mean, I have to thank you guys so much. It's been such an incredible experience just to be um, put in a position where you're forced to focus on, I guess, I don't know, the components of the things that have been getting in the way. But the thing is, Gina, we didn't, like, 
totally change your world. No, not at all. You had these tools all along. You had the support system with Mike, who, to be honest, is probably better at this than we are. <laughs> no, seriously. He is amazing. So amazing. Yeah. And now you have your new accountability coach and employee to help you out, too. Like, girl, you're on top. So even though these two weeks are over, you are more than prepared to keep using this framework you've built moving forward as you continue to grow your business. You know, like I had really convinced myself that I cracked the code the first week. But <laughs> one also, there's a learning curve. Yeah, you might have cracked the code, but you can't expect to perfectly understand that code you just cracked from now on. You totally. know? Yeah. And then also, you're going to learn new stuff all the time. And your code might change depending on like where you are in your life, exactly. like, which is super frustrating. Exactly. So you might true. have a breakthrough one week and something that feels like. Um, a step backward the next week, and then you'll have another breakthrough. It's but fine. But also, they're all step forwards. Yes. So like, don't exactly. worry. Like, exactly. change is messy and uncomfortable and, like, rarely looks like success the first time around. That's where we left Gina. It was so much fun getting to know her and getting to know her side hustle, Renaissance person. And you know what? As much as Gina got out of the process, Jolenta, you and I also learned something. Yes, totally. We are all still hustling. You know, we hustle with this podcast. We hustle with our other podcasts. Kristen, your book and my comedy career, they're all works in progress. And hearing the way Gina attacked each one of these steps gave us a boost and reminded us to attack with the same gusto. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? It also reminded us that building a creative idea into a business, it takes longer than two weeks. Mm. It requires a lot of patience. And you know what? Maybe a little bit of help. Or a lot. That's it for this episode of We Love You and So Can You. Our producer, writer, guest booker, and all-around renaissance person is Lindsay Cradwell. Our show was mixed by Casey Holford, who also composed our theme song, Gosh, He's Talented. Our editor is John Delore. Daisy Rosario is executive producer. And Chris Bannon is Stitcher's chief content officer. Thanks also to Miss Nora Ritchie. Please stay in touch. Do you have a predicament you need help with? Also, what's your side hustle? Have you ever dreamed of making it your full-time job? Hit us up on email at weloveyoupod at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at weloveyoupod. Or leave us a message, a voice message. You can do that at 601-LOVE-171 or 601-568-3171. They're the same number. Also, don't forget to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you listen. It helps people find the show. Also, hit subscribe if you haven't, because we know you want to hear more episodes. So just do yourself a favor. Oh, and if you haven't, tell some friends about the show. You know, spread the word. We're new. We're a little baby. Help us grow. Help us learn how to walk. You know, help us learn how to hold our own bottles. <laughs> spread the love. Spread the love everywhere. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jolenta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. We love you. So can you.
Right. But now I totally cracked the code. So I'm done. Oh, yeah. Now you're actually done. No, I know. Yay, you did it. Yeah. We solved the human condition. So uh, that's it for all podcasts. Uh, goodbye. No. Shut it down, you guys. Stitcher. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.